Hello, this is Pastor Trent. I want to welcome you to the Mountain Home Church, the Nazarene Sermon Podcast. We are thrilled that you are tuning in to hear sermons from our ministries here at our church. It is our hope that the Spirit of Christ would be present with you as you listen today. I do want to take just a moment to invite you to reach out and connect with us. On our website, we have a way for you to do just that. You can visit www.mhnazarene.org slash connect and fill out a very brief form. There's a spot to leave contact info, ask questions, and even to request prayer. Also, be sure to indicate that you listen to us through our SoundCloud podcast to let us know where you're listening. May the Lord be with you this day. Grace and peace to you. Savior, to our Lord, to our Creator and our King. Would you pray with me? God, we worship you this day. We pause and reflect on what you've done and how you've carried us and how you've been with us day by day and week by week and month by month. We offer our praise and our worship to you today. God, thank you so much for being in this place of worship. Thank you so much for, for all that you do and being worthy of the worship that we offer today. Lord, as we celebrate and continue to celebrate Christmas today uh, and continue to marvel at the gift that you gave to us by coming in the form of a baby, by sending your son to this earth to be with us and to, to, to show up in our world and in our neighborhood uh, and to speak to us, God. Uh, we continue to remember that, that it's not an easy time for, for all of us, that there are people who are struggling, there are people who... Um, find this time of year especially difficult, God. Um, and we want to lift those people to you, God. Uh, as we start this new year, as we begin a new journey in 2022, God, we just want to commit. We want to we say that we are your followers, that you are our leader, that you will be the one to whom we chart our course and the one to whom we uh, we will stick over the course of this year. Um, be with us. Help us in that commitment. Help us in that desire, God. And may our, our lives continue to show steady growth and steady progress as we follow you, as we listen to your word, as we're shaped by your word and become to greater and greater degrees the people of God that you have called us to be. Lord, this week we want to just offer praise to you. Uh, we lift our sister Doris up to you who went to the hospital, but within the day was sent back home. Lord, thank you for protecting her and be with her, God, um, in these days. Uh, we also want to lift up um, Scott as he had a, a cancer diagnosis this uh, this week, Scott Markham, and just ask that your hand would be upon him, be with the doctors. Um, and we just ask that you would heal his body, God, that you would take away this cancer um, 
And as he goes through diagnosis and treatment, God, would your hand be with him? Would you strengthen his body for this road ahead? Um, Lord, I also want to lift up um, Titus, Valerie's brother, to you today as he struggles just with his mental health, God. And he's representative of, of quite a few people who struggle um, in, in this way, as kind of a silent and non, uh, not a visible struggle, God. For those of us that sit here in, in this room today that struggle with these things and who are listening online, God, I just pray that your hand of comfort would be particularly with Titus, but also with all of those who struggle, God. We remember them and pray for them and lift them up this day. May they know they're not alone. May they feel and sense your presence with them, but may they also know that, that we lift them up, that we want to be there for them in ways in which we can. Um, but I just pray your special presence and hand on Titus today as he represents for us um, many others that struggle with the same, same things. Lord, for today, as we gather in this house, as we open your word, we just ask that you would make our, our hearts and minds tender to receive what you have for us today. We give you permission to move and to speak. Even in my life, God, would you, would you chisel away the places that need to be chiseled away? Would you make soft and tender those places that have grown hard and callous? Um, and may you make me and may you make us more like you today as we look to your word. We worship you today, Father. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we've come to the place in our service where we dismiss those from kindergarten through sixth grade up for Kids Church. But I have a joke for you before, before you go. Um, and, and if you're new or visiting with us, uh, our, our kids meet upstairs, just up this staircase. And parents, you can go up there and and uh, claim your kids after the service. Um, don't, don't leave them up there too long for our children's workers. Um, but my joke is a New Year's joke here today. Why did the man celebrating on New Year's Eve raise his left leg? Because he wanted to start 2022 out on the right foot. That's right. There you go. Kids, you can head upstairs. Well, happy 2022 to you all. I hope you um, had a great way to celebrate um, this past uh, this past week. Uh, the church went over to the Powell's house, Brian and Glennis's house, and it was great to to play a few games with those that were able to come. And we we counted down the East Coast New Year. Um, we tried to count down our own New Year and kind of missed. Um, it was a swing and a miss, but we were having fun playing a game, so we just didn't mind at all. So. Um, we counted down a few seconds late, so it's, it was okay, but um, it was good to, to be together. Um, what about this snow that has blown in? It's been kind of crazy. If you're here, that means you're not slidden off on the side of the road somewhere, so we rejoice with you on that. Um, be, be careful on those, those roads, but this is our third winter in Idaho with you all, and it has not disappointed, so... The, the skies have opened. It's just cold out there, isn't it? It's just cold. Well, we continue to say Merry Christmas. 
Um, today, if you're counting, is the ninth day of Christmas. Um, according to the church calendar year, Christmas Day is the first day of Christmas, and then it continues for the 12 days of Christmas. So um, I don't know if you know all the lyrics to that song, um, but the ninth day is nine ladies dancing. So for the closing song, if we have nine volunteers, female <laughs> volunteers. No. Not a very Nazarene uh, lyric, actually, but... It's good to be in the house of the Lord. And I think it's just so important for us to, to continue to celebrate Christmas. The, the, the world, I mean, I went, to, I went to Walmart the other day and all the Christmas stuff is either gone or 75% off, right? They're just like, get this stuff off our shelves. We're done with Christmas. And the church says, no, <laughs> this is important. This is what we've waited for right? This is what we spent all of Advent waiting for, and we're going to stay in the celebration of Christmas um, as long as we can. Uh, and uh, the traditional church calendar celebrates those 12 days up to January 5th, which is Wednesday when we're holding our Wesleyan Covenant service, um, and then January 6th is um, traditionally recognized as Epiphany, and that's the day when, when the wise men came. So we, we sang We Three Kings today uh, in recognition of, of that um, remembrance of the wise men coming. Uh, today, uh, we're looking at a text um, that is a, a, a Christmas text. It's uh, the text, the gospel text for the second Sunday after Christmas, um, found in John chapter 1. Um, John chapter 1 is a familiar uh, passage. If you have your Bibles, you can open uh, those up with me to that passage. Um, or if you have a device. Um, but we're not going to read the most familiar part, right? It starts off the prologue of, of John with, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Um, we're not going to read that part. We're going to start at verse 10 and read through verse 18. Out of reverence for the reading of God's Word, I invite those who are willing and able to stand as we read this passage. John chapter 1, verses 10 through 18. The light was in the world, and the world came into being through the light, but the world didn't recognize the light. The light came to his own people, and his own people didn't welcome him. But those who did welcome him, those who believed in his name, he authorized to become God's children, born not from blood, nor from human desire or passion, but born from God." The word became flesh and made his home among us. We have seen his glory, glory like that of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified about him, crying out, This is the one of whom I said, He who comes after me is greater than me because he existed before me. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. As the law was given through Moses, so grace and truth came into being through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. God, the only Son, who is at the Father's side, has made God known. This is the word of God given to us, the people of God. We say thanks be to God. Please have a seat. Well, this text is, is part of a, a quite famous passage of Scripture, uh, the prologue to the Gospel of John, like I said. I, I want to just ask you, I don't know how many of you are writers or whoever delved into that world. Some of you have. But pause for a moment and put yourselves in the writer's place. 
Put yourselves in the writer's place, the writer of the Gospel of John. Your task is to write a testimony of what you have seen and heard about Jesus of Nazareth. How are you going to introduce those words? How do you start off that story? What are you going to say? For the writer of the Gospel of John, he started with, In the beginning. In the beginning was the Word. These first few lines are are the most famous. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. It almost reads like poetry. It almost reads like poetry. It almost almost rewrites the lines of Genesis 1. Do you remember how Genesis 1 starts? In the beginning, God created And I think, I think, the the gospel writer of John sat down and said, how do I start this message? I'm about to write about Jesus. Where can I start? Where do I start with this story? And he started in the very same place as Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning. Here John revisits those moments, those moments of creation, those opening narratives about God's creative work amongst the world. And yet he talks about Christ and introduces Christ, the Word, who was God, who was there at the beginning. And he said, let me help you redefine what you think you've always known, what you've heard so much, what you've been taught over the years. There was another character there, one whom we have met, one whom we have seen, one whom we have heard was there from the very beginning. I'm not a writer. I'm not a writer. What would I have done? (laughs) Something really tacky probably, right? Listen, I'm going to write something really important. You have to listen to me. This is really important stuff. Listen up. The author says, let's talk about light. Let's talk about the word. Let's, let's, Let's write like poetry. The genius here is that it's all about imagery and that John introduces these metaphors meant to capture not only your attention, but your imagination as you read the gospel of John. What will this light show? What will this light reveal? And in the passage that we read, how in the world was this light unrecognized? How will men and women become the children of God? All of these questions begin to bubble to the surface as we read this text, as we read this passage in the the amazing prologue uh, to John. It's good for us to remember that this gospel was written after Jesus had been on earth. It's not contemporary to the time that he had showed up. This is after he had served, after he had ministered. And the problem that, that John talks about, the problem that existed even prior to Jesus showing up, was this ability to see and to recognize God. 
Going back, the writer realized that prior to Jesus, our understanding had been different. Prior to Jesus showing up, prior to Christ coming on earth, prior to the baby showing up in the manger, our understanding of God was different. Why? Because all we had was what Moses had given. It was based on, on Moses' revelation through the law. Did you read that? Verse 17, it says, As the law was given through Moses. That had been our understanding of, of what God wanted, of how we were to act and how we were to treat one another and how we were to respond. And the gospel writer here doesn't, doesn't denigrate the law, doesn't shame the law, doesn't say, oh, that was wrong, throw that away. But it was a reminder here of, of where Israel had been, where Israel was prior to Jesus' ministry, prior to God and the incarnation that happened at Christmas. And I think we all know that feeling a little bit, that, that feeling of, of where is God. Sometimes it's hard to recognize. Sometimes it's difficult to see where God is moving and what God is doing. For Israel, things hadn't always been great. <laughs> For Israel had been exiled. Israel had endured some pretty rotten politics and kings through the years, leaders that had led them astray. They had survived nations invading. They had survived temple destruction and temple rebuilding. They had survived even when the prophets had said, God said this was coming. This destruction is coming because we have not been faithful. Israel had survived this missing Messiah. Remember in Advent as we waited and we longed for the Messiah to show up and how Advent invites us again into that waiting for we know that Christ has said he is coming again. And we now enter into that waiting. For Jesus' followers, they had struggled to see God too. Even, even when Jesus was there, even when Jesus was present, I can just, uh, you sense it in the disciples' actions and in the questions of the people. When are we going to get around to kicking out Rome? When are we going to get our nation back? Remember, like when David was king, let's get back to those days. And Jesus just keeps going around, serving the lepers, serving the marginalized, serving the powerless. And they ask questions like, when we get to the kingdom part, can I sit next to you? Like, is that okay? Because that sounds like a really good place to sit. And then the Jesus followers, the ones who walked with them, endured the crucifixion and heartbreak. And I think it was hard to recognize God in those moments. And even today, the loss of a loved one a crushing disappointment, a genuine evil that, that attacks and invades our lives for, for which there can be no redemptive good. You can't say, well, what good is going to come of that? 
a marriage unraveling, a heartbreaking outcome. And we enter into that same place. God, where are you? The truth is the writer knew. I think the writer of John knew. The truth is the prologue is, is, is a setup for the story that he is about to tell. It's a setup because God has been revealed. This time, not through the law, not just through the law, as Moses had done, but through the word. Through the word itself, God has been revealed because the word was God and the word was with God and the word was with God from the beginning, just like he had written. And these verses in John say that that God had come as light, as blinding light, a light so intense it shone into the deepest darkness, right into those situations where where you and, and where I and the people back in Jesus' day had been convinced God wasn't present, or God was lost, or God hadn't noticed, or God maybe didn't even care. (laughs) But that light that John talks about, the light that he speaks about here, comes with a bit of a warning. Did you hear the warning in the word? It says, the world didn't recognize the light. For God came to his own people, and they didn't recognize him. You know, I, I think I think on this matter, I say that, a lot. I've said that a couple times today. I think, I think, this has something to do with our expectation. That we tend to place expectation on the kind of light that Jesus is bringing. The kind of light that Jesus shines in our lives. And when that light doesn't look right, when it sends the wrong color hue, when it points in the wrong places, when it doesn't fit the path that I thought I was going to be walking. I think it's sometimes easier for us to miss the light, to join that group that says, the light was present and I didn't recognize it. You see, when, when the light of Christ comes, sometimes it points towards people that points us toward people that don't look like us, that don't behave like us, that don't follow the same customs that we do or have the same habits or have the same rituals that we do. And we can struggle. We can struggle to recognize Christ's light in those situations when it causes us inconvenience or investments beyond what we can afford with our time, our talents, or treasure, we wonder, is this really the light of Christ? Is this really what God is pointing me to? The beautiful thing about this passage is the open invitation to recognize, to know, to welcome Jesus. Uh, It says, for those who did welcome him, Did you see that in verse 12? But those who did welcome him, those who believed in his name, what was the result? That we were made children of God. 
that we were made children of God, made possible by the incarnation of God, the coming of Christ, the possibility that it opens for us is the chance to be called children of God, to be welcomed into the family of God, this child status not one of blood, not via the normal course of, of growing a family, us offered a new way of relating to God, the new possibility as children of God. Don't you see? Don't you see that God came as a child on that day to the manger in Bethlehem so that you and so that I could become the very children of God? that our lives might be made new, that our lives might enter into a new place and a new relationship with God. All of this is made possible by the Word becoming flesh and making His home among us. <laughs> Anytime I say those words anymore, I kind of laugh a little bit, among us. Um, the teens might know what I'm talking about. There was this app that was popular for like five minutes um, <laughs> called Among Us, okay? And, and in this game, in this app uh, called Among Us, there's this ship. And on the ship, there were two types of people primarily. You can get into, kind of get into the weeds a little bit, but two main groups of people, crewmates and imposters, okay? And on this ship, you connect with other live players and you run around on the ship and there's, there's two types of people, crewmates and imposters. The, the crewmates are trying to fix the ship and vote out the imposters. The imposters are trying to sabotage the ship and eliminate the crewmates. There's murder involved, and I, I apologize for that. But it's a game all about pitting one side against the other. Who is in and who is out? Who's in, who's out, who's on my side and who's on the other side? which is fun for games, but damaging in real life. It's fun for games and devastating in real life. Who's on my side? I like those people. I'm going to protect them. Who's on the other side? Kick them out. They don't need to be here. The beauty of the incarnation of Christ is that God comes to us. God becomes one of us that there need not be sides anymore. That those that welcome Christ are welcomed into the family of God as children of God. No one's kicked off the ship. No one's voted off the island. No one's left out in the cold. And church today, that's good news. That's the good news of Christ coming on Christmas. That's why the child came in the manger that day. And what a good and powerful way to continue the Christmas celebration. But to see what Christ's coming has done, how it has changed us, how it has marked us, how it has made us new people. Christmas isn't really about this manger scene that happened at Bethlehem. That's how we remember it. That's how we lay it out. And that's important. 
That's how it all got started. But Christmas is really about the coming of God. Coming of God to this place that God chose to come to us and interact with us on our level. Becoming human where we stood, it says, God made his home here alongside of us in the trenches of humanity, here on the earth, the very earth that God had created. The problem still remains. The exact countenance of God has not been beheld. We don't really, sometimes we struggle to see God, for we have not seen God. But here in this passage, we see the word was made flesh. The God came with skin on for the word who was there from the very beginning, who was with God in the very beginning, has come to change our world. And to fix and for settle and to fix and to settle for us this most difficult issue. For it is Christ who has made God known. For it is Christ who has made God known. We don't look any further. We don't get creative. We don't ask questions other than to follow Christ. For Christ has settled the matter and answered our questions. Christ has come to show us God. Amen? Amen. I'm going to invite the praise team to come and lead us in a closing song today. The invitation this week is to come once again to Christ. To come once again to Christ to behold him and to be shaped by him. The song that we're singing to close is called Hope Has a Name. Hope has a name. Christmas has shifted our attention, defined our hope into something very clear and very tangible and very true. Jesus. This year as we start out with 2022, uh, maybe with some some hopes, maybe with some dreams, some, some expectations for what's to come. Our hope simply rests in one place. Jesus Christ, that baby that came on Christmas morning. The bridge of this song says this, if you're broken, if you're searching, if you need healing, if you need relief from the burdens you carry, if you need freedom, there is hope. There's hope today because Christ came. And there's hope in that one name, Jesus, Emmanuel, the very light of the world. Oh, that we would recognize the light and not miss it. Amen? Amen. Let me pray and we'll sing. God, today, we ask for your presence not just here today in this room for we know that you promised that you will will be with us but we ask for your presence in our lives that you would shine bright that you would help us to recognize that light in what we say and what we do and the ways we interact with others God help us help us to not miss that Help us to devote all that we can to coming and, and watching this little child 
where you grew and you taught and you informed us and you lived life and sacrificed for us that we might become more like you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being Emmanuel, God with us, for making your home with us. Help us to live into that, we pray. In Christ's name, amen. In the name, would you please stand to receive the benediction uh, this morning? We have a tradition of just holding out our hands as a physical reminder that we receive this benediction. I invite you to join us. Thank you, God, for this gift of light, for Emmanuel, God with us. For you did not leave us questioning and wondering who you are or what you are like. You sent your son to live with us and to show us and to point us back to you. May we live in such a way as to recognize his light every day. Amen. Amen. Go in the love of Christ. Thanks for joining us today on the Mountain Home Church the Nazarene podcast. Don't forget to visit us at mhnazarene.org connect if you'd like to connect with us and have a great week.